time. Okay. So, uh, one quick thing that I thought about as I, uh, as I came down about the UMCOR deal. UMCOR doesn't just help Methodists, by the way. Um, it's everybody. That would be silly if all we did was, I'm sorry, we'd like to help you, but you're not Methodist. So, you know, you should have thought about that uh, before you became a Baptist. Okay. Um, so we're in this, this whole, uh, like, spiritual discipline stuff, and we've been talking about many different ones. Last week was Pentecost. Um, and, and we had, by the way, on Saturday, we had the church picnic last Saturday, and it was uh, a, a ton of fun. The weather was held off um, just magnificently for us. We were in the river doing baptisms, um, and then we, like, get through the last one, and then you hear this big thunder and lightning, and I turn around, and I see the skies, and I went, everybody else is fine. You know, let's get out of the water. Uh, and, uh, and so it was a lot of fun. Next year, I hope you uh, will join us if you didn't this year. So if you come here uh, very often, you know that one of the things I always talk about, one of the most important things to being a disciple of Jesus Christ and living out being a son or a daughter is being in community. I talk about that all the time. You have to know who your community is. You have to be involved in your community. You have to be involved in a group of people who care about you and love you. And when you're down, they are down with you and they lift you up. And when you're excited, they cheer and celebrate with you. And and you live life together with them. It is such an important part of being a disciple. However, there is the other side of that. Solitude being alone, going off by yourself. And I have to tell you, this is one that um, strikes fear in the heart of people like me who thrive being around people, whose minds are constantly going and whirring and whizzing. And if I go off by myself, then the mind just gets even louder and I start thinking of all these things. And if I sit down to try and have some quiet time with God, every noise that I hear becomes a squirrel. Every noise that I hear, I'm like, huh, what, huh, what? And it takes just painful time for me to go be by myself. But it's an important thing. In Galatians, Paul says this, chapter, uh, chapter 1. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted the Christians. I did my best to get rid of them. I was one of the most religious Jews of my own age, and I tried as hard as possible to follow all the old traditions of my religion. But then something happened. For it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What an undeserved mercy. Then he revealed his son to me so that I could proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When all this happened to me, I did not rush out to consult with anyone else, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. No, I went away into Arabia and later returned to the city of Damascus. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this really strange scripture about solitude, because if you think about solitude in the Bible, you're like, oh, yeah, I know you're going. Galatians 1, we're going to talk about how violently uh, Paul persecuted the Christians. Yay. In this, you have something significant. 
Because Paul, if you know his story, was Saul. And Saul was the the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was trained by the top rabbi of the day, Gamaliel. He went to the Harvard of schools for, for Pharisees. He was this amazing Pharisee, as he says, and he talks about all the time. I was amazing at being a Pharisee. I followed all of the laws. I was the guy you could count on to make sure everyone else was doing what they were supposed to do. So much so, if you remember the story, when they stoned Stephen to death, it is Paul, Saul, that stands overseeing what's going on. And then he's giving marching orders. He's given marching orders to go out and to persecute and to get rid of this rising band of people who believe in Jesus. And it's on this road that he meets and encounters Jesus. And he's blinded, if you remember the story. And he goes into town and he says, go meet, Jesus says, go meet a man by the name of Ananias. And Ananias is going to pray for you and you're going to see once again. And he does this and Ananias gets the same dream to go see Paul. And he does that. And then Paul becomes this amazing voice for Christianity. Paul becomes one of the greatest prophets one of the greatest carriers of the kingdom of heaven of all time. There aren't many people outside of Jesus and Paul that you can put on the same level. But what did he do before he started? He went away to Arabia. Now, why Arabia? Why is that significant? Why is it so significant for Paul to mention that? He could have just said, I went away into the wilderness. I got out there somewhere. I went away to be by myself. But he specifically says, I went to Arabia. Now, if you read further in Galatians, you'll see in chapter 4, Paul brings Arabia up again. And what he is saying is the, the belief is Mount Sinai was in Arabia. The people of Galatia... Paul, the people of that day, a lot of them believed that Mount Sinai was in Arabia. Why is that important? What happened at Mount Sinai? What happened at Mount Sinai? Come on, y'all know better than this when I ask a question. It's not rhetorical. Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments, we, we, we sometimes believe is these rules that are dropped down upon the people of Israel. But now we're starting to see the Ten Commandments and this delivery of these things as what? The beginning of a relationship. We, we see this as a marriage contract, right? We're beginning to see the beginning of the relationship between God and his people. It's the beginning of the turn From the people of Israel understanding themselves as slaves to sons and daughters. They're coming out of Egypt and they've spent 400 years of slaves. All they know is slavery. And God's saying, I'm going to remove this from you. I'm going to remove that identity from you and place your true identity. And at Mount Sinai, it begins with thunder. Lightning. For Paul, Paul's point is this. I need to go away by myself so that I can remove the slavery of the pharisaical life that I have been taught and I have lived. And I can step into the freedom of being a son of God. 
For Paul, it was getting out of the noise. It was getting out of everything in the world that he knew. He could have gone straight to Jerusalem and confronted the apostles who were with Jesus and sat at Peter's feet. But he didn't do that. He went to be by himself. He went to to hear from God what it meant to no longer be a slave to these pharisaical laws, but to be free, to be a son. I love that image. And what it says to me is there is power in being by yourself. Let's think about it. The people of Galatia are are what? They're falling into what? Slavery. They're becoming slaves to the law. If you read the rest of Galatians, Paul keeps saying, stop it, stop it. I came and gave you this message of freedom. And all you're doing is putting these laws back on yourself. Knock it off. Get out to Arabia and get some solitude and figure out that you're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter. But you can't do it unless you go have some solitude. You can't hear from God. Necessarily, you can but it's more powerful when you go away. Jesus, before he begins his ministry in earnest, does what? Goes into the wilderness. Paul goes into the wilderness. This is a theme. This is stuff. Jesus, time and time again, before he does something amazing in his ministry, goes off by himself. The night he was going to be betrayed, what does he do? Goes off by himself, right? He takes the three with him. He says, stay right here. I'm going to go further in and be by myself and pray. I need to be with God. Because there's some serious stuff coming. And I need to remind myself of my identity. How often do we do this? How often as a community do we allow people to go away? How often do we as an individual say, you know what? I need to separate myself from all the noise and just go and be with no phones, with no Internet, with no outside distractions, just God. This morning um, was a typical crazy Sunday morning in the Crocker household. I feel like I'm about to tell you all stories of Lake Wobegon. Um, Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was a typical morning in the Crocker household. I hear um, the request for various pictures coming from my beautiful girl going through the list. I hear her getting angry as she's not getting the ones she wants. I hear Corbin and Lucy, our dog, wrestling. And him um, just, you hear this, and then then she barks. And all this commotion going around, and you, Lucy will come and jump on the bed, and then she'll take back off, and because Jenna lets me sleep in a little bit longer on Sunday mornings, God bless her. And all this stuff going on, and I come out to Jenna, and um, and they're at, this time they're at the table, eating um, eating breakfast, and Grace is on the little bench at our table, and she's like kicked back on some pillows with her feet up because she is the queen of our house, and that's how she sits. Corbin, I think, is going for his third or fourth round of breakfast. Um, and I walk in and, and Jenna goes, what are you talking about today? And she never asks me this, by the way. She never asks me um, what I'm preaching on. Rarely does. I said, solitude. She goes, oh, that's what my devotion was this morning. She gets it, flips it out. And she starts reading some stuff about solitude and the importance of it and the importance of getting away and all this stuff. She goes, I really need some. 
And I went, it's great, babe. I got to get ready. You know, <laughs> the caring husband that I am. And so I go in and I, and I start getting ready and I'm in the shower and I hear all of a sudden this, <clears throat> this beat of music. Um, and it sounded like, I promise you, the, the, it was the beat track to George Michael's You Gotta Have Faith, right? If you, ha- if you have that song in your head now, that's exactly what I was hearing. So I was like, you gotta have faith, faith, faith. In the, in the, um, this, y'all don't need to know that, but that's what I was doing, kind of. And I was laughing at the solitude that was happening in our house at the moment. Um, and I'm like, oh, gosh, this is, it's totally Corbin, um, has found Kids Bop on, on uh, the Pandora, and he's, like, blasting it now. Um, and so Jenna walks in and she goes, solitude's going well. <laughs> it's awesome. And so I got out of the shower and it wasn't George Michael. It was Taylor Swift's shake it off, which by the way, has an eerily similar drum beat. You need to listen to it. I'm like, there, there could be a lawsuit over this. So I was convinced, uh, maybe I just like George better more than I like Taylor, but, uh, so I, I and it was just that. Thing and does anyone know what I'm talking about? Have any of you had that morning at your house? Have any of you had that afternoon and evening and weekend? And I mean, has anyone ever experienced solitude at home? No, summer's about to happen. Solitude's over, right? Any chance of solitude is gone because here comes summer, and here they come back. So often we get lost in the busyness and the craziness of our life. And we're like, oh, man, I crave to go to Mount Sinai and remember who I am. So often we're like, oh, my gosh, I just want to hear from God. And God's like, I'm trying to talk to you. But you won't go away from it. We need to take time to get away. We need to take time to to go to that Mount Sinai place, wherever it is for us. And to hear from God, to hear God say, oh, Michael, so glad. I'm so glad you took time to say, to, to come hang out with me today. I'm so glad, my son, you came. What's on the agenda today, God? Nothing, nothing. We're just going to sit here. We're just going to watch the world happen. When was the last time that you did that? Now, Paul does it here at the beginning of his ministry. Jesus does it at the beginning of his ministry. But if you notice, they continue to do it. If you notice in the creation story, God sets up a pattern of this Sabbath. He sets up a pattern every week that you stop and you just hang out with God. In the laws, he puts forward all of the crops that you can grow. But there is a certain time where you must not grow any crops to let the land rest. When you're a farmer and your life depends on it, it takes faith to stop. What God was doing is setting up a healthy cycle of life. What God was doing was setting up in us these patterns of rest and solitude so that in the midst of the busyness of life, 
we could remember who we are as his sons and daughters. The spiritual discipline of solitude for some of us is really hard. For me, when I go away and I try to grasp this solitude thing, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Kind of like when I start running. Because I don't do it often enough. Spiritual disciplines are disciplines, and disciplines take practice. In order for us to build this muscle of solitude, you've got to begin. So the worship team is slowly, eerily, kind of creepily sneaking up behind some people. Um, They're coming back up, and they're going to play um, a song. We're not going to ask you to sing. Words will not be on uh, the screen. We want to give you an opportunity for the next.